this a ghost is brought to you by Pickney Bend Distillery. Did you, you, Pat, you grew up pretty close to the Missouri River. Yeah, practically in it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, like Moses, were a place in the Missouri River as a young, as a young babe and floated down. Mm. Um, and then you, be, and then Mark Twain found you, and that's how you were raised. He did. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't want to, you know, pat myself on the back too much, but I, I came from, uh, from Riverstock, you know. <laughs> yeah, great. I don't want to brag, but uh, I'm river people. Uh, so then you know the Missouri River in particular. It's really that river, that that water. That's gin. Mm-hmm. That's gin, baby. That's from the oh. gin springs way up. No, don't make that face. No, it's. I mean, it gets dirty on the way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. and mostly before because the, of Iowa. Before the filtration process, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. yeah. So it comes from the gin springs of uh, Minnesota. Uh, clear. I mean, just just trillions of gallons of that clear delicious gin flow right mm-hmm. down through states it gets real dirty i'm um, mm-hmm. going through trillions um, of gallons it should be a lot che- trillions of gallons i paid like i think so i paid like 45 dollars for this you got that bottle for free good point <laughs> <laughs> um well it's not all salvageable some of it has some of it's been too long in iowa and I, you can't get that back but the, That's the part yeah. that comes down through it you can some of it you mm-hmm. can you can filter out so Pickney Bend has um, really Pickney Bend Distilleries. This one, it's a, it's one. The whole place, you'll, you know, those of you who I guess at this point have been to the live show, um, you know, it's one big net. That's the whole <laughs> distillery is a net, and you just catch it, and you it filters out the bad stuff, and um, and the good stuff that passes through the net mm-hmm. that goes into the barrels. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my favorite uh, part. Pickney Bend. It's my favorite part of the tour, really. Whenever they yeah. take you into the uh, in, in, into the netting room, you just yeah, it's see very all the stuff they've, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so if you want to try the best gin that the Missouri River has in in itself, within its banks. If you want to put um, that in you, in your banks. I don't think this is a good ad. No, I know. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think it's coming around. I think it's you coming think so? around. Okay. Should we keep yeah. going? Pinkney okay. Bend. From our banks into your banks. Pinkney Bend. Yeah. Our, our water in, that, be, that goes through you and becomes your water. Mm-hmm. Pinkney Bend. From our bends. To your bends. <laughs> that's a good. That's. I think that's okay, it. Yeah. Yeah, you right. nailed it. All right. Good job. Everybody, welcome to Is This a Ghost? I'm Clayton Smith, and every week I tell my friend Patrick Dina a real ghost story from real history, and he doesn't take it real seriously. Do you think it's interesting that you texted me and said, quote, whenever you're ready, and then seven minutes later, you showed up? I mean, <clears throat> hang on. Yeah. Let me take him. Am I interrupting your dinner? Just pretzels. That's fine. I'll put them away. That's fine. Okay. I'll put them away. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, think, I mean, just for the podcast, it would be best, probably. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to get yeah. stale. Sure. What up? No, I was sitting you know, I was on the couch, audio. and I was like, I'm getting ready to... Let me... Turn it up yeah. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I was getting ready to put June to bed, and all of a sudden, Amy goes, hey, I'll just put June to bed. You go do your podcasting. And I was like, is this a dream? Is this a dream? Is this like what all dorks dream about? Huh? For the white, the white, be like, no, 
Go record your podcast. I've got this <laughs> go, under control. Go to the basement. Go to your lonely basement yeah. and get on your go, podcast. And eat one handful of pretzels before you get berated for doing so. It just not this is not the first time that you've you've done pretzels into the microphone on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so Hey, uh, do you want this microphone back? That's my question. Do you want it back? Not anymore. I don't think you do. No, no I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't. It's pretzels everywhere. Are, are you recording this, by the way? Yeah, I decided that this week I would record <laughs> the whole thing. So it is going. I thought, I thought I'd shake it up a little bit. Yeah, you know, keep it fresh. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Ugh. God, we should get to it. I Like I said, I'm going to try to make this just a two-part episode, but I don't know. We got a lot of ground to cover still. <laughs> Are you gonna do recap? Are you gonna do like a recap? Because I don't remember last week's episode. Is it better if you do or don't remember last week? You know episode? what? Let, let's let, let's not do the recap at all. We'll all we'll all learn together what happened last week. That sounds great. Um, before we jump in, are there any any like important life updates that you need to share with uh, with everybody? Or mm, today is the last day. I have a uh, three year old tomorrow. She'll be four. She's gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, uh, that's that's yeah. better. Uh, mm-hmm. well, happy birthday, June. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boy, pretty excited boy. about that. Yeah, do you think that life will change and <laughs> then she will? I do. She'll start super yeah, chill. She'll start pulling her own weight. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've had a couple four year olds before, so you mm-hmm. would know. Yeah, that's great. I can't wait. We still got some time before Maple turns four. Hmm. But I assume once that happens, they start doing laundry and like dishes and yep. cutting the grass and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I don't have her cut the grass yet. The handle's pretty high, but she does all the weed whacking and a lot of the uh, <laughs> a lot of the the leaf blowing. Yeah, and the uh, that's good. You know the her- the herbicide application and, so. the, and the gasoline burning of the yeah. the, the grass. Yeah, <laughs> the controlled burns. That's great. That's tomorrow, huh? Boy. That is tomorrow, indeed. Wow, pretty May ninth. Mm-hmm. It is exciting. You guys have a big party. Mm-hmm. Are you yep. the people who do like the two hundred dollar uh, small child parties for the children who won't remember anything about them? Two hundred dollars. Uh, they're like four hundred dollars now. They're like they're really, really <laughs> oh, expensive God. now. Yeah. yeah. How much? How much um, are you spending on uh, on on June's birthday? I d- I don't know. It's one of those things where like if none of the kids show up, it'll be very affordable. And if all the kids show up, it'll be not very affordable. So where is it going to be at a place? Yeah, it's a play, it's a it's a trampoline place. So. Oh, so you pay by the head. Mm-hmm. So it's not like an June economy said, of scale kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, June said the other day, where uh, Stella has a softball game on on June's birthday, and Amy said, "Oh, hey, <clears throat> after softball, we'll all go get Ted Drews." And June said, "Okay," kind of like apprehensive, <laughs> and then she was quiet, and she said. Does Ted Drews hurt? And I said, <laughs> and we were all quiet for a moment. I said, "Did you think Ted Mom Drew's just famous, said uh, St. Louis uh, frozen yogurt uh, place?" Yeah, for everyone who is yep. not from the St. Louis area. Yeah, yeah. And I, I said, June, did you think we said tattoos? And she said, "Yeah, <laughs> like the one on Mom's arm." I said, "Did you just? Si- are you? No, we're not getting <laughs> tattoos. It's your fourth birthday." 
<laughs> but she was all and for they it. They do hurt, but you know I, they do hurt. Yeah, they hurt a lot. I imagine they hurt a <laughs> four-year-old. Like, yes. Fuck. Yeah, they probably are not fun at all if you're four. Um, not a oh, lot of man. data, I guess, on how four-year-olds <laughs> deal with <laughs> Did tattoos. Did she tell you what she wanted to get tattooed on her for her birthday? No, but she, but like, she was game, man. She was like, "Yeah, I okay." It's like getting your ears pierced, right? Yeah, it's like getting your ears pierced. Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh-huh. just like your sister. <laughs> God, did. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that's good. So uh, that's great. Yeah, pretty exciting. I we were not getting tattooed. Nobody's getting tattooed for her birthday. Yeah. Can I get a tattoo for her birthday? I would like a new one. It's just yep. who who can find the time or the money? You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> I got all this even, skin, you know, and it's getting grosser day by day. I gotta cover it up. I gotta, yeah. I gotta, yeah. The yeah. more, the more I can cover it up, the best, the better. At this point, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. You haven't gotten a new tattoo in a long time, right? You, it's been years, years. You, and you yeah, probably, did you? I think no you got your going. last tattoo before I got my first tattoo. Mm-hmm. Probably, I think right? I was probably twenty. It's been a really yeah. long time. Yeah. So. Yeah, but again, who has the time? Who has the money? Yeah. June. Apparently. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got birthday money. <laughs> uh I can't cost too much to do a tattoo on a four year old. They're they're, I mean, they're their tiny. canvas is so small. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's not gonna take much ink. I even like a like a full sleeve. It's gotta take yeah. what, like twenty minutes on a toddler. Well it'd be cool be too, because like you could do you could do like a like a salamander, but then like as she gets older it'll become like Godzilla and then like by the time she's mm. an adult, you know, it's a whole okay. it's a big kaiju on the arm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, probably a lot of touch-ups though, you know. Yeah, probably a lot of touch-ups over the years. Mm. Yeah, starting you to weigh your options, you know. All right, fair yeah. enough. Maybe okay. Well, let her. She's gonna be four, so let her decide. Her yeah. body, her yeah. choice I, is I, what I say. I think I'm, we're probably gonna wait till she's five. I, I mean, it's she's <laughs> yeah. she's not mature Cowards. enough when she's four to decide to <laughs> make decisions like that. Um. <laughs> in some ways, I'm sorry I asked if you had news to share before we started mm-hmm. the podcast. Um, hmm. Do you want to hear a ghost story? I do. I would like to hear what remains of last week's ghost story, in fact. <laughs> this is part two of the Summer Wind Mansion episode. Last time, if you'll recall, so we had the story of Ginger and Arnold Hinshaw, who bought this mansion on uh, up in Wisconsin on the lake, right on the border. And uh, at the end of our story last week, Ginger's dad, Ray Boxer, decided, you know what? I know you all have been real fucking haunted here. But uh, gosh, that could be a real great B and B. This is a good. This is this is an investment opportunity, and he bought Summerwind despite Ginger's uh, very adamant protestations. Mm-hmm. Um, any questions before we dive into uh, to part two? Mm, no, I mean I I uh, I'm actually kind of excited to see where this where this goes because up until now it's been kind of a classic like shining type haunting i guess i would mm-hmm. say you know the the husband goes mad um you know everyone you know leaves he goes to a to a to a, some sort of an institution and now it's like shining too i, I, I don't know what happens in the sequel to the shine is there a sequel to the shining there is it's yeah sort of there's is uh it, what's is, the is uh, that, doctor is, uh doctor sleep Coo- oh okay not cujo though it, no, I don't think that's right. No. Uh, and Dr. Sleep came out like 20 years later. No, that's mm. got to be wrong. It's come out like 40 years later. Okay. That's not important. So this story is, so this, we're, this, we're going to go on a real Sleep journey. Episode. 
Yeah. This is a Dr. Sleep episode, famously. Uh, that's what people refer to that sort of thing as. So, okay. So, Ray buys Summerwind. And he and his son, obviously Ginger's brother, uh, whose name is Raymond Jr. So, Ray and mm-hmm. Ray, mm-hmm. they move onto the property. But they are like, we're not, we've heard bad stories about this house from mm-hmm. our blood. Um, so, they know they're not going to live in the house. But they live in a camper while they take up the renovations. Hmm. Okay. On the property. Yeah. <laughs> so they, hang on, hang on. So they <laughs> they know they know enough about the house to know it's haunted oh. enough to not want to sleep in it. Yeah. But their plan is to flip it and turn yeah. it into something that people will sleep in. Well, right? people who don't know that it's haunted. Okay. <laughs> but See, it's like one night Airbnb. They don't yeah. have to sleep in it then. Yeah. <laughs> they just have to make money. This is so this is um this is a concept that I like to call capitalism and mm-hmm. this is where they they know that if they flip it they can make a lot of money because it's a right. very charming looking place mm-hmm. in a very yeah. wonderful little spot. This is like clearly the era before the VRBO rating system to where you can like, you know, leave a review oh, yes. on a place be like, "Hey, <laughs> um I got dragged up the stairs by my hair and uh my toes were uh, bitten by some sort of um, demon child, but hot water four, was four out of five stars. Three stars. <laughs> hot water and, and clean bathtubs, though. I mean, uh, in that part of Wisconsin, I know what I'm getting. Yeah. Um. So they decide to start working on the renovations, but he again, like uh, like Ginger and Arnold, Ray tries to get people to work on the house. As soon as he mm-hmm. tells them which house it is, they absolutely mm-hmm. refuse. No construction crew will come over. Mm-hmm. So Ray gets to work. Uh, he and Ray and Ray Jr. get to work on their own, and they manage to hire some kind of like day labor situation. Um, mm-hmm. But they're they're doing this all themselves. When they go in, Ray starts to measure the rooms. To you know, it's, that's mm-hmm. probably a thing you do when you're renovating a place. Yeah. Like how, how much how big is how much room wall? is this? Like how much <laughs> yeah. floor do I need? How much walls do I need? Yeah, I know, I know how. How high does this ceiling need? How how the ceilings float above mm-hmm. floors. How high does this one need to float above floor? Mm-hmm. What's how long I can stick the tape measure out before it falls over? Yeah, no, I, I know. Yeah. I know how being <laughs> yeah. a construction yeah. person works. Uh, totally. So he would measure rooms, but every day his measurements of the same rooms would be different than they were the day before. And hmm. uh, some days the room he was measuring was quote twice as big as it was supposed to be. That's <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't sound right. That seems like something you'd be able to eyeball pretty easily. Like I don't, I don't really think so. I need the tape measure. You know, well, you've seen Encanto, mm. right? Is it? Is it? Yeah, I mean, is it possible he yeah. doesn't know that the one side of the tape measure is centimeters? Is that possible? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a conversion issue. It's very possible. Yeah. Um, this whole thing gives House of Leaves. Have you ever read House of Leaves? Mm-mm, no. Oh my God, dude! So there is a book called House of Leaves by um, by Mark Danielewski. Mm. It is, if you want a book that will scare the living hell out of you with, like, no ghosts, but it is this whole book that basically, like, this family moves into this house, and they go to the basement, and they're exploring the basement, and the basement ends up being infinitely large, and they go exploring it, and it's, like, it's Mm -hmm. the whole, and the way the book is written is, it's genius, because, like, the format of the book changes as they go deeper and deeper into the basement, so you're reading, like, pages Mm -hmm. sideways and, like, in circles, and it's really wild. Mm -hmm. And horrifying. Um, very good. House of Leaves. Check it out. Um, this is that kind of. <laughs> that's how they, that's how House of Leaves starts. They they measure the rooms inside. They're like, wait a minute, the outside is 
is smaller than the inside. That doesn't make a lot mm. of sense. Um, so that's what's happening here, hmm. which is not what you want in a house. No. I want the outside and the inside to be roughly the same size. Roughly. Generally. Yeah. Uh, so a couple weeks in, there's a huge thunderstorm. And Ginger's brother, Ray Jr., he, he's at the house alone, and he's working on it. And he, founds, he finds a window in upstairs that's open in the upstairs hall. Uh, mm-hmm. Water had kind of flooded in and soaked the hall. So, so Ray goes up. Uh, he shuts the window, and then he gets a mop, and he starts mopping up the floor. And as he's going down the hall, um, the hall seemed to get longer and longer. Mm-hmm. And by the time he finally reached the end of the hall, the window was open again. And the floor was soaked again, as if it had been raining into the hallway for a long time. Okay. So he Hmm. starts mopping a second time. Um, Obviously concerned about this. Yeah. (laughs) He starts doing it a second time when he hears someone say his name. And he looks around. There's no one there. And he's, again, he's the only person in the house. Um, So he figured, like, I I imagine it's a storm, Mm. whatever. Right. And he hears it again, very clearly. Someone's calling his name, and it's coming from downstairs. Mm-hmm. So Ray Jr. goes down, and when he gets close to the kitchen, he hears two gunshots. So Ooh. he runs into the kitchen, and he finds smoke in the air, and he smells gunpowder. Okay. Um, and he looks at the basement door, and he sees two bullet holes in the door. Oh, do you oh recall gosh. from last I do week, recall. Yeah, I that it was early enough in the episode. I hadn't had quite enough gin yet. So, yeah, I, I do remember. Yeah. That. I do remember <laughs> so, that so that memory stuck. Yeah. So Lamont, uh, the first one of the first owners of like, Robert Lamont, um, that was his whole thing. Right. He saw the, the, mm. the dark figure come up and he shot at it. And then um, and the bullet holes were not. So so Ray is having that experience now and he sees the bullet holes in the door. Ooh. So Ray runs his fingers over the holes, mm-hmm. thinking, like, what is going on? And as he's doing that, he hears footsteps walking up behind him. And he turns, and he sees an impossibly tall man dressed all in black. Oh. And so Ray screams real loud. Uh, I can imagine, he, yeah. He runs very quickly out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> he, he runs to his car. He gets in. He starts up. He's, mm. He speeds away. He's, he's mm. gone. Um, one of the few sensible people that we come across, <laughs> but a few hours later, he's like, what, you know, where's he going to go? His house is now this, yeah. this camper on the, on the property. Yeah. So he comes back and he, when he comes back, he finds Ginger and Ray senior at the house and they are like, what happened? Where'd you go? Yeah. Um, and he doesn't want to talk about it. He's for some reason, I'm, scarred. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but it just so happens that G- Ginger had been taking hypnosis lessons lately. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. <coughs> I'm sorry, you have a question? To, to, to put people under hypnosis or to yes. experience hypnosis? Oh, to actually... No, okay, like, like learn how the, to do, how to engage in hypnosis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you like, uh, the, like the pendulum pocket watch thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, as you do, how it works. hypnosis lessons. Yeah. You do so some like she, weird ASMR talking, you count backwards from 10, and then you tell them to cluck like a chicken when they wake back up. I know how it it's works. very easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she asks Ray if she can hypnotize him. And uh, she says, if we like do right that, there. we might be able to get to the right there. And if we do that, we might be able to get to the bottom of what's what happened. So Ray says, sure. <laughs> what? <laughs> I got to put up a lot more drywall upstairs. 
There's a lot of bullet <laughs> holes in the house now. But yeah, let's sit down and do the Count Backwards from 10 thing. That sounds like a fun way to spend our evening. Well, again, like these people all know the house is haunted. Like they all yeah. know they're dealing with some what? serious shit yeah. here. And Ginger in what? particular knows like this is a this yeah. is a haunted house. Yeah, what information is she, is she trying to tease out of her brother right here? I mean, let's like, he doesn't want to be there I anymore. Would, she doesn't want to be there I anymore. I have to imagine that she's like, if if we figure out what he's like, whatever he saw has scared him so badly, mm-hmm. he either doesn't remember or won't talk about it. Mm-hmm. If we can like get it out in the open, maybe that will convince dad to like burn the house down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just please, will you stop? Once dad, and for please all. stop. So <laughs> I think I can Let's say. go get a bunch of insurance on the house. Okay. And then we're going to torch it. <laughs> And so, so Ginger puts him under, and she starts mm. easy, uh, you know, mm. as as uh, as you do, and she's asking easy questions like his name and his relationship to the house, things like that. Mm. And then she asked him what he had seen in the kitchen. Ray mm. told her about seeing the ghoul. Mm. Um, great word, old word today, by the way, which I was uh, so was mad it? for yeah. not getting uh, not getting sooner. <laughs> we just used it last week. <laughs> Uh, but then his so Ray's voice changes and it becomes lower and more forceful. Ooh. And Ray, through this new voice, begins to tell a story about the vision that he had had. In the vision that Ray had had when he had seen this ghoul, this creature, mm-hmm. uh, Ray walked over to he was Ray was in the basement and he walked over to one of the basement walls and used a hammer to remove a piece of the foundation. Behind behind the foundation was a wooden box. Ray opened the box, and at this point in the hypnosis, Ginger asked Ray to write down what was inside the box. So she gives him pen and paper, mm-hmm. and he takes it, and Ginger notices that um, he looked as if he were dipping the pen into an inkwell before he started writing. Ooh. <laughs> and all he wrote was a name, and that name was Jonathan Carver. And Ginger asked, what is this? And Ray mm-hmm. replied in his deep, scary new voice, mm-hmm. the deed. Do you want to do your deep voice? you want to say the deed in your scary voice? <clears throat> yeah. The deed. Yeah, like that's that. what it sounded like. Okay. And, <laughs> and Ginger asked, well, who's Jonathan Carver? And this time when Ray answered, so he's in the same low voice, but his voice was angry and furious. And he mm-hmm. said, quote, I am strong. I am very old and very strong, and you are weak. And Ginger said, Ray, where are you? This is all recorded, by the way. So they have this taped. Um, So Ginger says, Ray, where are you? And he says, again, I am strong. You are weak. I despise you all, and you are weak. Um, And that's that's where they they pull him out of it, because this Mm -hmm. is too much for everybody. Yeah. So So Ray Sr., Give him the headphones, they flip on the, uh, um, run it up the hill, and they try and pull him right back yeah. out of it, right? Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so Ray Sr. goes to the library, um, which, you know, shout out to the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and he starts looking for anything he can find about a Jonathan Carver who lived in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And this is what he found. Jonathan Carver was born in 1710. In Massachusetts, mm-hmm. so we have an old we have an old soul here. Yeah, clearly. Now Carver later moved to Connecticut, where he became a shoemaker, and he married a woman named Abigail Robbins. They had several children, some of whom lived 
And in 1755, Carver joined a colonial militia to fight in the French and Indian War. Uh, two years later, he enlisted in Burke's Rangers, which became a part of Rogers Rangers a year later. And this book, so I, so here's one of the reasons this episode is so long, is because I read an actual book for it. Um, and like I always, <laughs> and I was like, going to get fucking credit for it. Okay, thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> thank you. I often will like take things from books. It's not like the first time I've ever gotten a real book, but this is the first time mm-hmm. I've actually read an entire. I read an entire book cover to cover for this, and in this book. It's like, you know, <laughs> you joined Burke's Rangers, which became Rogers Rangers. Right. There was no context. I'm like, what the fuck is it? So I, I don't know if that's a historical thing that people know. So I looked it up mm-hmm. separately, um, which I would like credit for as well. And <laughs> all you really need to know is that um, Burke and Rogers both were people who killed a lot of indigenous people in America. Um, Fantastic. And that's their, that's their whole thing. So anyway, uh, so Carver's there and he... He starts studying, surveying, and mapping, and becomes very good. Mm-hmm. And he's eventually promoted to captain of a Massachusetts regiment in 1761. But two years later, he leaves the war because his heart now belongs to land surveying. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is uh, for young men. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It's the siren's call. I get it. I get it. We've all been there, guys. I yeah. want to drop out of college. I'm done with med school. You know, oh, I can't wait to go an plumb a line somewhere. Oh, I can't wait to go set one of them stones with a cross on it. Oh, my initials. <laughs> my initials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm gonna love that land with my stone rocks, stone cross rocks, stone stone cross rocks. You can cut all that out. Uh, you yeah, I'm gonna. So, so he decides to go explore the new territories out west, and he eventually makes his way into what is now Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's there exploring, and he's like making friends and stuff. And on May first, seventeen sixty-seven, Carver uh, quote made a deed with the Sioux tribe there, which I was like, I don't, I what well, that could mean so I mean, many things. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna hope it's basically like he traded cool shiny stuff for land but this is exactly what happened thank you yeah so (laughs) (laughs) um according to the deed carver held a meeting with members of the sioux tribe in a cave near saint paul minnesota um Mm. a cave by the way that is now called carver's cave oh can you it would be so cool if like all if if all your work meetings were in caves that would be the best (laughs) I don't know. My office is uh, so hot. I walk in every day and I think, God, it's hot in here. But you know where it wouldn't be yeah. hot in an office? Mm-hmm. In a cave. That's true. Yeah. I, mean, I think half our IT department works in caves, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's different. Um. So, okay. So, according to this deed, the Sioux... Okay. According to this deed, the Sioux agreed to give quite a bit of present-day Wisconsin and, and part of uh, eastern Minnesota to Carver's team... Uh, in return for, quote, the many presents and further good services. Mm. So I don't, th- this this is a scam for sure. <laughs> like a big time scam. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I'm going to show you how much land the Sioux supposedly gave Carver. Um, for for some like cool gifts. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I can't imagine. Historians are a little split on whether or not the deed actually exists. There is like, there's... 
there are people um, from not too long after this time, like early 1800s, who are like, oh, yeah, we found the deed. Here's what it says. Here are copies of it that we've transcribed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Other people are like, uh, I don't think they ever actually found the deed. Like, I we don't think it ever. Yeah. So there's like two camps of people. So no one really knows right. if this deed existed. But if it if it mm-hmm. did exist, um, Carver was given, quote, a tract of land that stretched from the falls of St. Anthony along the east side of the Mississippi River, south to the mouth of the Chippewa River, then due east for 100 miles, due north for 120 miles, and back in a straight line to the falls of St. Anthony. Now, sounds like a lot. Like a I love this That's podcast. A ton of area. Yeah, yeah, and I love the work that we do here. So I, I opened up Google Maps and I actually plotted that out. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, and you. I don't know if you remember, but last week you had made some joke about him owning most of Wisconsin, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna show you uh, how how close you were to being correct. So this is how much land supposedly the Sioux gave to Carver. Whoa. Okay. As you can see, it stretches from Minneapolis basically mm-hmm. over to uh, Stevens Point, Wisconsin, which is mm-hmm. not too far off from like Green Bay and Oshkosh and all that, mm-hmm. um, all the way up to uh, to Lake Superior and then back down. So it's that's a big Ooh. tract of land. That is a whole bunch. It's a bunch. You can mm-hmm. see it from space. Look at this. I mean, if you knew where you were looking, I mean, you can technically see like anything from space if you know where you're looking, but yeah, you could, I, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. And this yeah. is one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how much land he was given. Now this deed was signed supposedly by, and I want to apologize for getting these names mm. very wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hano, Han, Hano Pogetin and Otat. Tongumlishaw, which is not how they're pronounced, but I did try. <laughs> I I just don't. I just have no idea. But these were two Sioux chiefs, um, who, to whom I mean no disrespect, truly, despite what just happened here. <laughs> um. So anyway, so yeah, so a receipt of this popped up in the 1800s, but it's very disputed. But whatever. But this is the deed that they believe that Ray Jr. saw in his hypnotic trance. And so they start thinking, oh, my God, the deed is in the foundation of our house. And the ghoul mm-hmm. that we seen and that the, that the Lamont yeah. saw is Jonathan Carver trying to find it. Yeah. Like, hang on, guys. We could actually own all of Wisconsin if we play our cards <laughs> That's exactly right here. Right. <laughs> now it's ours. <laughs> so they start having, we could have so much cheese. We could be, <laughs> oh, God. We could just, we could block so many arteries with the cheese that we would own. <laughs> block the arteries of the world with the cheese that we would own um so they start doing more hypnotic sessions thinking this might help them find the actual uh the actual Mm -hmm. document they bring in ouija boards which is always a good idea sure why not they bring in mediums Mm -hmm. um they do everything they can think of to connect with the spirit of jonathan carver to learn more and they do every Mm. time they connect with carver's spirit which is pretty often it tells them to find the box in the foundation of the house. And mm-hmm. so it's like, it's very encouraging. It's a very encouraging spirit. It's, it's sure, horrifying, yeah. but encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like, it, so, I mean, if, 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 if I'm a spirit and my goal is like to have this house torn down, that's exactly what I'm going to tell people too. Like if you look <laughs> in the foundation, you will find gold, but you need to look everywhere in the foundation. Oh, no, no. No, okay. Th- try that, yeah, yeah. try that side of the foundation. I don't remember. Try that yeah. side of the foundation. Yeah. 
Try the, the try sledgehammer that, during the shed. Go get them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, try that load bearing part of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they keep, they search, they search and they search and they search and they're putting holes in their own foundation for years. They have so many mm-hmm. holes in their foundation, <laughs> but they never find a box. Ah. Um, yeah. But they continue to be haunted by the house mm-hmm. and by the ghoul, but also there's something about the house itself that um, separate from the ghoul, who again does show up from time to time, um, and again, I, as far as I can tell, they have now abandoned plans to renovate this into an Airbnb. Now they are just looking for. <laughs> now it's an adventure. Now it's an adventure. <laughs> now it's a treasure hunt where they're just tearing down their own house. <laughs> um, but there's something about the house itself, separate from the ghoul, that is like driving them crazy and getting their heads. And if you mm-hmm. remember. Ginger early on was like, there was something about the house. She couldn't put her finger on it, but she was like, this is our house. We have to be here. Mm -hmm. There is something about the house itself that's drawing them. Mm -hmm. And this brings us to the next chapter in the summer wind tale. And I'll give you a fair warning. This is the part where things get a little horny. (laughs) 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 um so raymond senior he always maintained that the house had a pull to it he called it a pull yeah it did anyway (laughs) i had more of a tough (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh, (laughs) and in his words quote summerwind mansion held little appeal for most women Although there were a few exceptions, such as Ginger, for instance. Mm-hmm. However, all the men found it irresistible. It was as if the place were some sort of siren who used her wiles and charms mainly on the male sex. Mm-hmm. The desire to own the building seemed to be a common factor in them all. And he also said, quote, The house reminded me of a frustrated old maid who had let life pass by her uh, life passed her by while she waited for a special Mr. Right to come along. Is there anything that gets men hotter than a frustrated <laughs> old maid? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm getting to the point in my life where I think that's great. When I think about like that playing old maid card game mm-hmm. as a kid, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that suddenly is taking on a whole new light. Mm-hmm. And I think anytime yeah. I was playing old maid and I and I and I reached across <laughs> and I and I pulled the card and I got the old maid back in my hand, I would I would secretly say Fucking yes. <laughs> Let's see what's You're coming with me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. This quote continues. Was I the right owner for this house? Had certain hmm. secret forces openly acknowledged by Ginger and vaguely hinted at by Mrs. Murray accepted me? Or had they, figuratively speaking, girded up their loins and now were waiting Ugh. for me? so ginger's dad wants to fuck this house we're still talking about a house right because yeah it's still a house and he's he's very horny for this house and he's not the only person to feel this way Mm -hmm. in 1990 a man named tom hollett published a book Mm -hmm. called campfire ghost stories Mm -hmm. which i just want to note has no reviews on amazon and that's 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 unfortunate (laughs) i mean it's zero yeah um but in this book, so he, so Hollitz recounts a letter he received from a painter who had read another one of Hollitz's articles, which was about Summerwind. So Hollitz wrote about Summerwind. Mm-hmm. There was a painter who, who 
who read the article and then felt compelled to, to write a letter. And the, the painter in the letter wrote, quote, I should mention that I'm an artist and have never been so moved by anything. It was haunting. There was a presence. I burned all of my paintings, all of my oils. I set a match to them. They're now ashes. There must have been a hundred or so, but nothing has possessed me as summer wind. I must, I must get there and paint that structure. You must tell me how to get there, please. I need to paint that place. I must paint that place. <laughs> I mean, this guy, this guy may have been uh, dipping into the thinner. You know what I mean? I, mean, it sounds... <laughs> I do know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Hollitz also received a letter from, um, from an Irishman, a man who lived in Ireland who had read his summer wind article, but had also seen there was a spread of the mansion in life magazine at one point. Um, okay. Yeah. Like one of those where like uh, you, you turn the magazine up like sideways and like unfolds. <laughs> unfolds kind of and, a, yeah. Then your mom knocks on the door and you say, not now mom. No. <laughs> uh, so in that man's letter said, quote, I slowly started thinking about summer wind. It started to haunt my every thought. Now this is strange, isn't it? And then strange things did begin to happen to me. <laughs> my girlfriend was killed in a car I was driving. It was my fault totally. I was drunk out of my mind. A lawsuit resulted from her family crippling me financially. Later that winter, I slipped on the ice and broke my leg. My home was then burglarized. The reason I'm writing is to tell you what summer wind did to me. <laughs> I'll never be the same again. Why did you write that piece? Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> this guy has like a crazy magnet on his article for some reason. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> so this house is doing strange things to men all mm -hmm. over the globe. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and many, so many men... And some women swear at the house as a strong feminine energy that pulls them in like a siren, hmm. um, which doesn't exactly. Yeah, go ahead. like can we go back to a photo of the house? Because I'm. Oh I, yeah, I, sure, of course. Yeah, because I like I don't remember the house having again a strong <laughs> feminine energy, unless you don't maybe think so? this. That's weird. No, let's look. I mean, yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> I don't see anything strongly feminine about it. Well, this um, is why it was very surprising because this is clearly uh, this is a this, I don't, this is a this is this has moose energy to me. Yes, it's giving <laughs> maybe, moose, maybe girl moose <laughs> energy, but not maybe like girl, not girl person energy. I'm as I'm afraid. Yeah, no, yeah. This is um, like clearly a shitty hunting cabin that someone tacked a second story onto. Yes, and this was nope, again nope. after the renovations that Lamont had made in the in the early 1900s. This yeah. is the better version. So yeah. I, I don't know, but so I think that might be part of the whole, like why it was so surprising because you wouldn't expect to be drawn there, but suddenly mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. going to fuck that house. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, even, so, even, even at closing time, I'm not taking that house home. I'm sorry. It's, just, <laughs> it's not doing it for me. It's really not doing it for me. <laughs> so I, okay. So uh, all this kind of feminine energy that people claim to feel from this house doesn't quite square with the idea of Jonathan Carver either the man mm -hmm. or the ghost because mm -hmm. it's a whole different vibe. Yeah. Um, so how is like, well, this is weird because all the hauntings that I've read about so far and researched have been this kind of ghoul thing. That's like looking for his deed, but there are so many mm -hmm. people throughout history who are 
you know, they, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a almost sexual female presence. Yeah. So he's like, I got to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. I got to, I got to know <laughs> if I should be fucking this house, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> am, I, am I passing up the opportunity to fuck this house? <laughs> so, uh, so he starts pulling some threads and mm-hmm. one of them finally kind of pays off. He speaks to the woman named Emily Forsyth who lived in Cleveland. This was in the, this was 90s, I think. Um, she lived in Cleveland, but she had spent her childhood on West Bay Lake, the the lake that the, mm-hmm. the house overlooks. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she told Hollitz an interesting story about her childhood on, on the lake, and it gives him enough kind of leads to, to, start, to start tracking down. And he begins to unravel this thread a little bit. So long story short, because we cannot do a third episode of this, of this podcast, <laughs> uh, of the story, what he, so what Hollitz found was that there, there's a second ghost at Summerwind. Mm, this okay. is the ghost of a woman named Lucy. Um, and Lucy may or may not be her real name, hmm. but we'll call her Lucy yeah. just because, yeah. you know, what you can do. Uh, protect her identity. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she she's an innocent here. She's the yeah. she's the nice ghost, so we want to be gentle. <laughs> now Lucy's story starts with um, Robert Patterson Lamont, mm. who bought the mansion in nineteen. Mm. The, uh, mm. the later to become uh, a secretary of whatever for whichever mm. president. Yeah, again, I love shooting basement doors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Supposedly, and I I want to be clear. I don't want to get sued for slander. I don't. <laughs> I. This is not me saying this, so I'm mm. sure he Patter, Lamont probably has an estate somewhere. I, I bet they listen to this podcast. Look, no, don't I'm, sue me. I, I'm just, I'm. It's like I report, you decide. You know, it's yeah. like we're Fox News now, <laughs> and we report, you decide. Anyone <laughs> tunes in this podcast expecting news, uh, really <laughs> yeah. didn't read the label on the tin. <laughs> um. So, but supposedly Lamont, um. Did, of course, buy the mansion in 1916, but mm-hmm. supposedly it might be possible that he, we said he moved his family into the mansion. Mm-hmm. He might have moved his mistress into the mansion. Oh, okay. Okay. Which actually makes a lot of sense because I don't remember if we talked about this last week, but um, it he worked in Chicago. So it is strange mm-hmm. that he would be like, yeah. our new family home is... At this point in yeah. time, like twenty <laughs> hours north, yeah. at the very like, yeah. tip of Wisconsin. Yeah, looking back now at the photo of the house, this house actually does have some moving in with the mistress energy. It really, <laughs> yeah, <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it make, actually makes quite a lot of sense because that was a question I had, but I just didn't bother mm-hmm. asking it. Um, but mm-hmm. like, why would you? It, can't be her primary residence, so it must be. I, right. I assumed it was their summer home, but like it was discussed in all these old books about um, it was a permanent residence. That's mm-hmm. impossible because that is mm-hmm. that commute takes more than a day. You can't live there and work <laughs> in Chicago. So, so there's some legs to the story. So, um, the thought is so he had a mistress, Lucy, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And Lucy, so she grew up in the South. Um, and she met Lamont during Reconstruction. And this is mm-hmm. a period, of course, right after the Civil War. Her family's plantation in Georgia, it was in ruins. Um, they didn't mm-hmm. know how to make it work without slaves, which is, mm-hmm. you know, wow, that's tough. <laughs> it's very bad so for them. For yeah. <laughs> um, so the plantation's in ruins. And so the family was just giving away daughters left and right. Uh, any, any rich Yankee who comes for a visit, 
here's a daughter for you and here's one yeah, for you. Here's another mouth I don't have to feed. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> yeah. And so Lamont comes down uh, doing, I don't know what he's doing down in Georgia, but he, he comes down Window to Georgia. Shopping. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and they're like, hey, here we have a daughter for you. And he's like, well, I'm married, so that's not going to work. And they're like, ha, I bet you can make it work. And he's like, I bet yeah. you're right. Um, <laughs> so he, he whisks Lucy away from her Georgia home and he builds or you know, rebuilds or whatever, the mansion for her in Land Lakes, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And you got to think, like you grow up in Georgia – in like, you know, the antebellum South and you're like, boy, this, mm-hmm. this is life. And then civil war happens and your whole world is in flames. And you think, you know, where I should go is fucking with Canada. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds great. <laughs> it's got a land of lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, so they go up there, but it, 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 it went well for a while, but after a few mm-hmm. months, Lamont, ends up telling Lucy that she can't leave the house for long periods of time. Um, which also reeks of like mistress keeping energy. Like he starts to get nervous maybe that like people will see and then, you know, talk to his wife and yeah. Like Um, my neighbors who live seven hours away might see you out in the yard. So I really can't have you out in the yard. He's very like slowly like he first he said like you can't like please don't leave the house for long periods of time. You can't visit family mm-hmm. and then slowly it was like also you can't go to your nearby friends anymore. So you can leave the house but you can't go like far right. away. You can play in the yard. But Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um then eventually after a while he tells her not to leave the house at all in case anyone mm. sees her there. Mm. Um and he also at this time began discouraging people from visiting the house. Oh. So, yeah. So he's he's in lockdown. He's locking her down um, mm-hmm. because you know his wife is like, "Hey, did you buy a property in <laughs> in Wisconsin?" Yeah. And he's like, uh, "What?" <laughs> yeah. So he's getting nervous. Uh, why do you smell like pecans and boiled peanuts for some reason? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. Wisconsin definitely doesn't have those things. <laughs> it was a Georgia joke. So Lucy becomes essentially a prisoner at Summerwind. Mm. And during this time, she becomes pregnant. Mm. Not a great time to become pregnant. No, no. There are some great times and there are some bad times. This is one of the bad times. (laughs) Um, She ends up having a daughter whom uh, whom they name Lucy, Lucy Jr. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, unfortunately, baby Lucy died just a few months later. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, and she was buried on the property and was given a small wooden marker with her name. Um, and Lucy's totally despondent, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. So she's prisoner in this house. Like, her baby just died. Like, mm-hmm. it's very bad. And the only yeah. connection family she has is... with the outside world. Yeah, very yeah. far away. Families, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so the only connection she has with the outside world is with correspondence with her family in Georgia. But mm-hmm. she can only, she can only write certain things in the letters because Lamont's mm-hmm. reading them and stuff. So, um, but one thing she does start detailing in the letters is the strange things that start happening around the mansion. Ooh. Um, so these letters, which are also documented, mm-hmm. um, there are strange, she writes about strange screams in the night, uh, a disembodied Ooh. voice whispering, please come and see me. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's, that is one of the freakier things you can hear in the middle of the night. If you, like yeah, you're in this house good. by yourself, 
no one like around all the way to the horizon and someone says please come see me i can't imagine <laughs> that's just, too much that is too much yeah yep. all notions of reality would be severed instantly mm-hmm. uh and then servants so there are servants who are kind of maintaining the house um and they start showing up with mysterious bruises all over their bodies Ooh. yeah um and she also details what she calls the most horrifying room in the house, which is the wine cellar, mm-hmm. which is, of course, located in the basement. Mm-hmm. The wine cellar, which has since been bricked over, and by the time that Ginger and Arnold bought the house, was bricked over. Mm-hmm. It was a room in the cellar that had, it was a small kind of like, you know, offset room that had shackles fixed to the walls. Ooh, and Lucy okay. often heard screams coming from this room. I mean, almost every night, someone would be screaming from this room. Um, now, during this time, Lamont had a land manager who oversaw the property, and his name was John mm-hmm. Whittington. Mm-hmm. So Whittington and Lucy become friends, and um, Lucy's kind of confiding in him, like, I can't stay here anymore. Like, life is terrible. Everything mm-hmm. is bad. And also, this house mm-hmm. is fucking haunted yeah. by the ghost <laughs> the of John Carter. All the time. Yeah. Um. And so one day Whittington says, I'm going to, I'm going to get you out of here. And he helps Lucy flee the mansion. But as soon as Lamont learned they had left, he launched a very well-funded search to find her. Ah. Um, And his people eventually caught up with Lucy in Virginia. She was on her way back to Georgia Mm -hmm. and she got pretty close. um, But she was caught in Virginia and they dragged her all the way back to Wisconsin. Oh. And Lucy was never seen again. Oh. Now, some years later, um, after Lamont abandoned the house, went to go work in Washington, mm-hmm. and the house is just, you know, kind of mm-hmm. being run down. Um, children in the area used to paddle boats up to the shore and, like, run on the grounds of the house just to mm-hmm. play and, like, dare each other. Sure. to Like, go touch the house because it yeah. looks terrifying. Yeah. Um, so it was a fun place for kids to do their thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one day, some children were doing that. When a thunderstorm broke out mm-hmm. and the kids ran inside the house to get out of the rain. No. <laughs> what would you do? You get, you get wet? No, you got to go to the haunted house. <laughs> Depending on the age, there is literally nothing you could have given me. If I was like seven, eight, like my most terrified age, there is yeah. nothing you could have given me to make me step foot inside of that house, even on the porch. No way. My most terrified age was 36, 37. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, like if one kid goes in, you're all going in because no one's going to be like, I'm scared if that kid goes in. All it takes is one kid and everyone's going. Also, I don't want to be the only one left out in the front yard in that case. No, no. Yeah. That's the other. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So all these kids go inside to gather rain. And as soon as they go in, they are immediately met with the smell of perfume and tobacco smoke. Hmm. Again, this place has been haunted okay. for dec- or, uh, abandoned for decades. Yeah, right. Now, there's a painting of a woman in a white dress hanging above the fireplace. Um, but it didn't look as ruined as the rest of the house. Um, mm-hmm. It actually looked quite new. Mm-hmm. And they thought that was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kids start a fire in the fireplace because this is 1940-something like, and kids know how to do <laughs> stuff. Children like, know yes. how to, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> These were factory workers, so they really knew their yep. stuff. <laughs> and so, I'm not wasting my day off. I'm not going to be cold on <laughs> my day right. off. 
so they warm themselves and then eventually they're feeling like, you know, pretty brave. And they're like, well, let's go, let's go explore the mansion. Mm-hmm. And so they don't get too far. They're going up the main steps of the house when they hear footsteps behind them. Ooh. They turn around and they see a beautiful woman in a white dress with sad eyes standing there at the bottom of the stairs. It's the same woman who's in the portrait above the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Oh. So this is Lucy. And there are some stories of Lucy. I Again, we, we don't have time to get into all of them, but... Um, Mm-hmm. stories of Lucy like befriending children who come there and like there's one story of of uh, like kids playing in the yard outside and Lucy showed up on the porch and she was like get down and the kids like like what and they they get down on the ground mm-hmm. and then like bullets whiz by overhead like the uh, the guy the groundskeeper had gotten drunk and was just firing his rifle around <laughs> and these kids would have been you know potentially yeah. shot if the ghost hadn't saved them so Lucy's a very <laughs> kind ghost and uh and the the feminine energy of the house, mm-hmm. um, she is the presence that makes the house so alluring to uh, to horny to horny idiots, I guess. <laughs> to horny Irish idiots, right? <laughs> but even she ice. had been haunted, yeah. But even she had been haunted by the ghost of Jonathan Carver while she was living mm-hmm. there. So there's mm-hmm. two ghosts, and the big question is like, okay, so the what what's the deal with these ghosts? Like, do they live in harmony? Are they just like, mm-hmm. you know? opposite like they do they ever like interact together blah blah mm-hmm. are they at odds like what's going on and none of that matters because we'll never know because in 1988 summer was struck by lightning and it burned to the ground and it's gone for good <laughs> <laughs> and that's the story of summer mansion <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in wisconsin if you go there now it's uh it's two fireplaces i think or two two chimneys is mm-hmm. what's basically mm-hmm. left some ruins but right, yeah. uh yeah, it burned. It burned absolutely to the ground from a lightning strike, wow. which kind of solved all the problems, really, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of shape is the foundation in? That's my question. It's got holes in it. I got time. I got time. <laughs> and I got a sledge. Let's go the, find that box book or whatever the fuck was, is in there. It's 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 on private property, and oh, uh, that's too bad. So, but I think the guy the guy seems game. If you like, if you reach <laughs> out to him. You can, he might let you in there. Yeah, so, I'll give uh, you ten you swings for a buck. <laughs> that's a good deal, honestly. That really a good is. Deal. I'd yeah. take it. I'll get tired before I, I run bucks. out of money at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is the story of Summerwind. So it's this long, long-standing haunting that suddenly came to a, a very fiery end, and um, you know, people will still like you know pick up bad energy at the house, but. No mm-hmm. reporting of actual ghosts or hauntings since uh, since the fire in 1988. Mm. Wow. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I want you to know that that could have been stretched into a three-part story, but for you and, <laughs> and all our listeners everywhere, I thought, I don't, we we got to yeah. cut some stuff. You know, there, there's there's too many ghosts in this world for us to dedicate three weeks to one. That's right. That's yeah. right. Two weeks, you got lucky. Two, three weeks, we, yeah. we can't possibly. And I mean, that's two ghosts, two weeks, two ghosts. I think that's pretty. That's true. That's true. One house, but I mean, yeah, you know, I think it's still fair. Yeah, I think so. Um, so that story, Summerwind. It's you know, it's one of the most you know haunted places in Wisconsin. Um, obviously, it's terrifying, but now it's like it's weird because it's locked in like this time capsule of of weird, you know, historical documents from Mm -hmm. whatever weirdos were like. Tell me about this Mm -hmm. ghost that you saw. (laughs) 
uh, and you can't go and experience it anymore. So it's uh, it's a real it's a real it's an interesting case. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for like thirty years from now, whenever somebody decides to like build a house on top of it. Like you know what, the the grounds here are beautiful. Um, <laughs> it's right on the bluff. Re- I get real horny when I get near the foundation of this house. So I am hard as a rock. Is anyone else? I mean, do I just, it. It so uh, yeah. So you know, well, it's good because this podcast will be going for decades to come. So hopefully, mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll get to revisit Summer Wind someday when uh, when some rich horny idiot decides to build a new house there, <laughs> and he gets haunted too. Um. And if you love stories of horny of horny idiots and ghosts, this is the podcast for you. Tell your friends and family. <laughs> There's not a whole lot to pick from, but this is one of them. <laughs> we really we really fit a niche here. We, that's our that's our whole thing. Um, you know, tell your friends, tell everyone do you know, and leave a review. That would be fun on uh, wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. And uh, you know, I gosh, Pat, any any closing thoughts? No, I I mean, I I think I need to go back and. Uh, like double check Google Maps, just kind of you know make sure everything's you know still doing okay at, at Old Summer Wind. And uh, do you, you want to like take a little trip and you should make sure see yeah. how much yeah I'll see how much gas is in the truck. Well, to see what you know to is see your, what happens to see what happens. Is your, you know. hey this is this we're gonna cut this out of the podcast, but is your your name you okay? You guys doing uh, good? Yeah, things are great. Things are great. But you know she did say. You know, a bit of a hall pass if I find the house that. Really <laughs> if you find the right house, she said, "Look, you can you can fuck anything. It's not animate." <laughs> and she thought that she really caught you to trap there, but uh, oh boy, she had no idea. Well, if you if you like the idea of Patrick doing that, then you're gonna love whatever we come up with next week. So we'll see you next time. When is this a ghost? <laughs>